and welcome to episode 103 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Charlotte. And Heather is back from Walt Disney World. Yay! Hey, I would like to say that I'm happy to be home, but I would really rather be at Walt Disney World. So. Uh, you know, <laughs> frankly, I'd rather be at Walt Disney World too, so I don't blame you even a little bit. Uh, all right, so on today's podcast, we are going to be talking all about Heather's recent trip, specifically what is it like to visit Walt Disney World right now in the era of COVID? What has changed? Is anything the same? Would she recommend a trip right now? We're talking about it all. Everything from Magical Express to characters and parades and everything in between. We're going to get to all of that. But first, we have our giveaway. We had talked about our giveaway. We got all of our entries and Charlotte is ready with her I want, I've been watching Phineas and Ferb recently, so I want to call it a, a giveaway in nature. <laughs> I love Phineas and Ferb. Um, My husband has been watching it and I keep wandering into the room in the middle of episodes and like sitting down and watching the rest of it with him because I just love Phineas and Ferb so much, but um, everything's in, in nature, so. <laughs> Phineas and Ferb and I should change that. Oh, so. Nora would love Phineas. She's oh, like, yeah. she's like peak Phineas and Ferb age mm-hmm. right now. I think she would totally be into it. I it's really start fun. That. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm assuming it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. So, yeah. Yep. And it's fantastic. And if she's never okay, seen well, Kim Possible, also highly recommend it. Yes. I digress. Yeah, I never seen <laughs> it either. But, um, okay, so what did you call it? The, the giveaway in HR. Giveaway in HR. <laughs> yep. Okay. So yeah. I need a number. All right, number 10. Number 10. And is Joan Tomai. Uh, so, Joan, you are our winner of the Bobblehead Doll. Yay! Congratulations! Congratulations. Uh, so, Joan, you will hear from Sharla because it is coming from Sharla. Looks like I have everything I need. I have an email address. I have a mailing address. So, fantastic. Um, also, I just want to say thank you to everybody that entered and wrote in all the really lovely comments, which is so nice. Um, everybody says they love you ladies. I love the Mickey bobblehead. Oh my God, this Mickey bobblehead is so cute. Um, <laughs> we got some that just said Mickey with the exclamation points. <laughs> it made me so happy. Um, lots of thank you for the podcast. I love listening. Love listening to you gals. Um, Oh, love hearing about your experience as a travel agent. Sarah, what are you changing from doing that? I'm I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to make this my full-time job. So www.patreon.com princess to help out with that um loving seeing where everybody is from i love reading and listening to your blogs and comments um i love all things disney thanks for keeping us updated during this transitional time of social distancing i'm so glad that we're able to you know still connect with people this way and i'm so glad that heather was able to go to walt disney world so that we can continue to bring you disney content um All right, so that's our giveaway. Congratulations, Joan. Charlotte will send you an email and get all of the details. Um, And then don't forget, on if you are a Patreon supporter, we have a separate giveaway for our Patreon listeners. You didn't have to do anything to enter other than be a Patreon member. Um, So thank you to all of our Patreon supporters as well. Uh, All right, coming up next, what is it like to visit Walt Disney World during COVID? Okay. Let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) I went to Walt Disney World. Yay! And some of you may have seen Heather did a sort of a lunchtime live in our Facebook group. If you don't belong to our Facebook group, you absolutely should. um, Because whenever we are in a Disney destination, we try to do Facebook live videos so that you guys can sort of see. And I think you did one, two. I did. uh, Oh, I did one live. I posted a couple of other videos. Yeah, I saw some posts. And then Mm -hmm. there were stories on our Instagram, too. Just so we can make you feel like you're there. Yeah, exactly. And so I watched your lunchtime live from the beach club and was... Wishing I only had had it like a teleporter or I could add it or something. I would have popped over right next to you. Well, if it makes you feel better, that's how I feel today. So (laughs) I wish I was there again. Exactly. Um, All right. So let's start at the very beginning. And everybody who just filled in the rest of the sound of music. We don't have the rights. You can do that. (laughs) No singing. Um, But you knew what I meant. Um, All right. You took Magical Express. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go back even a step further because I want to know what it was like to fly cross-country right now. 
Well, this is my second time on an airplane in the last month. So um, to me, <laughs> flying is better than it was before. I'm loving it. I'll go, oh, this now, again, depends on the airline that you choose to fly. Before I flew Alaska, this time I flew Delta. I specifically chose them um, because they block out their middle seats. Um, they also had a really great flight schedule, but they they block out their middle seats. They sanitize their planes in between every sailing. You and board the airplane and you are given hand sanitizing wipes so you can sanitize your seat even further if that makes you feel comfortable. Um, so that's really nice. It's more comfortable to fly because you're not squished in with so many people. Mm -hmm. um, I also like what Delta does. That, so I guess one frustrating, two frustrating things is the food situation. Food isn't the best on domestic flights anyway, um, but the airports, the majority of restaurants are closed down simply because there's not that many travelers. So at both LAX and Orlando ends there, I, maybe I saw Starbucks open. Mm, that's um, good to know because so if you're gonna fly bring yeah. your own food right now um when you get on board delta there is no more um service in the air like we would expect so they do one because i'm going um cross country i get two services but it's bottled water only no coffee tea no alcohol no sodas bottled water only um mm. and uh, Delta specifically hands you a little plastic baggie, like a little Ziploc full of snacks. So you got like a kind bar, um, a bottle of water, a napkin, a bag of Cheez-Its and a thing of Purell to sanitize your hands. And so we got that twice. I would imagine if you're coming, you know, from Northeast or somewhere where it's only an hour or two trip, you'd probably only get it once. Um, but so that's something important to note that if you do have a long flight or, you know, you're flying during a time where it would be a normal mealtime, bring your own food from home. Are they are they allowing you to eat on the plane? Yes, you can. And you can obviously remove your mask while you're actively eating. But otherwise, masks have to be worn regardless of whether you're seated or you're walking around. But yes, you can eat on the plane. You just have to bring your own. Okay. Awesome. Okay. That's really good to know, especially for people who like me who have food allergies or whatever, it sounds like there's only one option. And as a nut-free person, yeah. wine bars aren't going to work for me. So no. good to know. That's it. And again, it depends on your particular airline you're flying. So check ahead. But I can say, I feel like almost all airlines right now are not doing the normal snack service that they would. Awesome. Okay. So you land in Orlando and you, you were taking Magical Express this trip. Yes. Um, which I don't normally do, but I decided to take it this time just because it is easier. Um, and the Magical Express pretty much operates exactly like you're used to with two big differences. And the first one is that they no longer retrieve your bags for you. So the convenience of going right from your airplane to the Magical Express and then your bags magically show up in your room exist right now. Um, so you have to go to your baggage claim, pick up your bags, and then head over to the Magical Express. And so we flew in on the B side. That was really easy for us. We stopped at the baggage claim. Our bag, it took us so long to get off the plane that our bags were already there waiting for us on the baggage claim. Picked that up and then just went downstairs to the Magical Express. But if you fly in on the A side of the airport, which is the other side, you have to go downstairs, get your bags, come back upstairs, cross mm. the airport, and go back down to Magical Express. So just a little level of inconvenience, but I get it. They're trying to limit the amount of people that are going to handle your bags. Um, and <laughs> that that just that made me laugh because I, I I don't I'm curious how crowded the baggage claim area was. It wasn't crowded at all when I got there. Like I said, um, I guess another thing that I should note, which again makes flying better, and I don't know why they ever changed this. It's just because they wanted to charge people more money. But they now board the planes like they used to, back to front. So you know, level or row thirty-five to row thirty, you board. And so their new process is you get. Um, so again, there's only two people on each row. So you're not allowed to get up and stand in the aisles. You sit and you wait until the row in front of you has gotten their bags and have started to move off. Um, and for That's the most great. part, people listen to that. But so by the time we got to baggage claim um, and we took the little tram over, there was maybe five other people there. It just, it took so long because we were further in the back of the plane. Um, mm -hmm. And again, there's not that many people at the airport. And so 
you know, you could, I have TSA pre-check, but you could have easily walked through security in Orlando in seven minutes, which, you know, if you've been in the last year, you know, it takes an hour now. So, mm. so that was nice. There was no, nobody at baggage claim. We went right down to the Magical Express. There was a bit of a line for the Magical Express because of the, the distancing markers and they only had one cast member working. Um, but we got our band scanned and put into line for the beach club. Um, I think we waited 30 seconds cast member came right over, put us on to a bus for the Magical Express, but now because of um, distancing protocols, they're only allowing up to 20 guests on each bus. And oh, so wow. you, which is fine because again, there was nobody there. We were the first people on the bus. I think we waited 15 minutes to get more people on our particular bus, um, but you are assigned a seat. So um, we were the first ones. We had two people in our group. Uh, we the cast member put our bags on the bus and said, okay, this is the seat you're going to sit in, marked it with an X and showed us a map. And we had to walk all the way to the back of the bus right next to the toilet and sit in those two seats. And then there was two rows between us and the next party type of thing. So um, it is going to maybe take a little bit longer, depending on how busy it is the time of day you arrive. I arrived later in the the afternoon around 4 p.m. just because I'm coming from the West Coast. So something to keep in mind. Okay. All right. And then, so you get to your hotel and you were at the Beach Club Villas, of course. Yeah. My favorite favorite place on the planet. Um, And it, arrival is much like it's been in the past. You know, you, you walk out, you get your bags and, and you go. And so you could either go to the front desk to check in, or if like me, you had done online check-in in advance, which Disney is really encouraging people to do right now. Um, I was texted a room number while I was on the Magical Express, and I just went from the Magical Express to my room and walked in, which is really nice. Now, if you do have questions or you need to make a change or whatever it is, you can still stop at the front desk. You you could stop at the front desk at any point during your trip, but I like this in that you don't, it's not a huge line backing up in the lobby Mm -hmm. of people waiting to check in. You can kind of just go, which is really nice. Now, did you, when you checked into your room, did you notice anything different? Like, was there protocols in place or was there signage that, you know, said that it had been cleaned differently or? Yes. So I had a one bedroom villa. And the reason I bring that up is because when you walk into your room, you kind of have a little foyer and right in the middle of the foyer, there's a coat rack and um, a little table at like, you know, like where some at home, you would throw your keys type of thing. And so here on this table, they have a little sign telling you about their, um, their protocols, their enhanced cleaning procedures, and they, they number it one through whatever. And here's what we're doing in this location. Here's what we're doing in that location. Um, they also had room service menus instead of like the book that you would flip through just one room service menu that they could presumably throw out then after we were done with our villa. Um, all of the the TV remotes were packaged, prepackaged in plastic so that they had been sanitized elsewhere, packaged up and brought in to the room. So they're they're letting you know ahead of time what has been extra cleaned, extra cleaning. <laughs> I don't know. My brain's not working properly. Okay. Now, you said something interesting because you said room service menu. So room service is available? Yes, I was actually really shocked. I walked in and went, oh, I thought we weren't doing in-room dining. Um, And Justin and I had a whole five-minute conversation about it because he thinks it would be better, right? Like less people going to the restaurants. And I think like, oh, they're trying to limit the amount of people that they come in contact with. But room service was available. Um, and it was a fairly extensive menu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, I mean, not what it would have been, but enough that you could do it a couple of days and not have to repeat. So room service is available, um, which I guess makes sense because at the beach club proper, the only restaurant, or there's two, Beach Cream and Cape May, and Cape May is not open right now. Okay. Because it's a buffet and it's a character meal, so they haven't gotten around to figuring out how to reopen that one. Yeah. Okay. So... Obviously, the first thing you want to do is go to a theme park. Talk to us about what it's like to actually get into a theme park. Um, 
This is weird in that it depends on which theme park you're going to. I found that the Magic Kingdom was a little behind the times versus the other three theme parks. And I'll explain what I mean. So when you get to the Magic Kingdom, when you get to any of the theme parks, you have it's a three-step process. You get your temperature checked, then you go through your baggage screening, and then you go through the turnstiles with your magic band and you walk into the park. Magic Kingdom took probably about 10 minutes to get into 10 to 12 minutes which isn't a long time um, but it was the first park i went to so compared to the other three parks the rest of the weeks it's exponentially longer um so you get off the bus and the temperature screening tents there's three temperature screenings one for the ferries and the monorail one for the buses and then one for guests staying specifically at the contemporary resort um, so they get their own kind of check-in deal uh, down across the way. But so for the buses, we got off the bus and it was already backed up down almost towards the last bus stop. And, you know, it's just yeah. because of distancing. But that in itself, I want to say, took about five minutes to go through. And you just kind of like wait your turn. The temperature screening takes all of seven seconds. If it's seven seconds, that's a lot. You walk up. They have Advent Health uh employees it's not disney cast members it's people from advent health coming in um they hold up the thermometer to your forehead they don't even touch you they just kind of put it near you and they look and go okay thank you and you're on the way so let me ask let me interrupt you to ask you a question was there any i've heard no but was there any temperature screening at the hotel itself or or for magical express no okay no 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 um only to get into the theme parks and also disney springs um And then after you go through the temperature check, then you have to, you know, you kind of go through the little courtyard esplanade area and you go to what used to be like the the baggage check lines. There are still lines for those. They move a little quicker. At the Magic Kingdom, they don't have, I mean, they have the metal detectors that they always had, but they don't have a baggage check. So what we're used to where you go up to the lines and the cast members rifling through your stuff, that doesn't exist anymore. At the Magic Kingdom, you take out, you know, your cameras, your cell phones, your umbrella, whatever it is that you have that would set off the metal detector, put it in the bin, go through and then come and collect it. Um, And if, you know, you set something off, then they would pull you off to the side and have a cast member inspect. Um, And then after that, you go through the turnstiles. No finger scan, just the magic bands. Um, But I think, I don't know that if the Magic Kingdom hasn't updated their their security screening yet or if they are ever going to, but at the other three theme parks, it's still the same process, temperature check, screening, entry, but they have these really, really cool new machines that are, I don't know if they're x-ray machines, I don't know what they are, but they're so cool where you, you go through your temperature check, you walk up to them and they say, you know, if you have anything like an umbrella or like a, a camera stand, hold it out in front of you and you just walk. They, nothing, nothing has to come out of your bag, nothing has to be pre-screened, nobody's pulled to the side to let you just walk and then you go right up to the turnstiles and they've actually opened up more turnstiles at the international gateway at epcot which is nice so there there's no like i the only place i waited in line was the magic kingdom like you walked up to epcot maybe you waited 45 seconds in a line through the old boat uh the friendship boat landing um you got your temperature screens you walked right through that screening machine you walked right up to a turnstile and you just went it was fantastic Mm-hmm. All right, so now you're in a park, and now we're coming to the big question I think that everybody has, which is, what are the crowds like? We're all hearing, you know, we all heard Bob Chapek say that Walt Disney World is at 25% capacity. What? Now, the problem is, nobody knows what 100% looks like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 25% sounds good, but what is it actually in practice? Well, I feel like Probably when they opened in July, the crowds were not all that much. But I am here to tell you that if, like me, you thought that you were going to go to a Walt Disney World where there were no lines and there were no crowds, you would be sadly mistaken because it was packed. It was packed. It, I've, it, it felt like just like always. Like there's always a crowd. There's always, you know, you're always going to have to wait in line. The main difference here is there's no fast. 
so in theory, the lines should move quicker. I don't know if they did, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I'll start with the lines for the rides. Um, they physically are very long and very intimidating when you walk up to them. Um, like I told you girls before we started, uh, specifically for the Haunted Mansion, was backed up all the way to Country Bear Jamboree and then wove its way around like the certain dock walkways, back out into the walkway, down through the riverboat before you even got into the actual mansion queue and that is because of social distancing everybody has to be six feet apart in some instances they're 12 feet apart because if they cannot put up barriers or they cannot block off a middle queue um they're making sure you're six feet away from the people in front of you behind you and to the other side of you so how are they handling things like the stretching Okay, so stretching room, uh, let's talk about rock and roller coaster, where you, anywhere that you would have a pre-show. Anywhere they would normally say, yeah. fill in all the available space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anywhere you would have a pre-show, it, it's not there. It's part of the queue, you're socially distanced, and you're just going through. Does that bother me? Well, see, that's what I thought too. It doesn't bother me because, well, I've seen it a billion times before, and eventually I'm going to see it again the way it was meant to be. This is your first trip to Walt Disney World or your first time on that particular ride, you're going to miss out on a little bit of an experience. Doesn't mean you're gonna have a bad time. You didn't know it was there in the first place, but it is part of the experience that you're gonna miss. So all of that is non-existent. Anything with an interactive queue, like Space Mountain, where you used to push the buttons, Big Thunder, where you, know, you could use the little turnstiles to blow up the dynamite. Um, Anything that had any type of interactive, uh, you know, test track, all of that gone, pulled out, doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, I, I understand why we don't want to be touching things that are spreading germs, but at the same time, there's an element of fun and time wasting that is gone. So that's another experience that's different. So the lines are physically long. Please do not let that intimidate you. You are going to be walking a lot, not constantly, but for a lot of it, just because that you're just so far away. Um, however, the lines are long. In some cases, they're overestimated, but not by much. So, for example, they said 90-minute wait for Splash Mountain. I wound up waiting an hour. Well, it's better than an hour and a half, but it's still an hour wait. And I would say every single major ride, every single one at every park had at least a 45-minute wait, at least. Some of them were upwards of two hours. You right. just can't, you, you just can't do everything. You couldn't do everything before. Um, but there, this is not a Walt Disney World where you're going to go and wait in a 10 minute line for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Right. So. And, with, and with, the, with the lack of fast pass and the lack of park hoppers, mm -hmm. your options to get on things are a little more. Exactly. And then sometimes rides go down like they do. Um, so the morning I was at the Magic Kingdom, I want to say Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain were both. So that's two major attractions that are out of rotation. The people mover is not moving right now, which is heartbreaking to, for me. So things that most people would do to kind of fill time that you just can't do them now. So limited rides, long lines, it's just, you have to expect that. I didn't expect it and I was kind of shocked. I was under the assumption that we were operating at limited capacity and there it was uncrowded. It is not uncrowded, it is very, crowded. Um, but just to elaborate on that, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but I think, I, I mean, it is crowded. There are a lot of people there, but I think also the lines being spaced out into the walkways kind of adds to that particular, it adds to a crowd because where I could have gone all the right before, now I can't because there's a line there. So it takes away some of the space people would be able to move into. Yeah, sure. And I know that during your trip, um, Disney got much stricter sort of with their signage. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna preface this by saying I don't want this to be a political podcast, but just in case anybody listening to this podcast had, had any doubts, we are pro mask. <laughs> we are pro science. Um, we are pro all of those things. So 
I am pro for anybody who has a medical degree and training right. and smarter than I am telling me how to stay alive. And so if that means I have to wear a mask, that's what I'm going to do. And if you don't want to wear a mask, that's okay for you. But then you don't get to come to Walt Disney World because that's their rules. Right. I, exactly. I'm a big rule follower. Like I don't cut We're lines. I'm that girl <laughs> that will go all the way to the end of the line and go through every single switchback. I don't cut under the ropes. I follow the rules. So Disney's yep. <laughs> rules yep. are that you wear a mask. There are signs everywhere about what kinds of masks you have to wear, what kind of masks are allowed, how to properly wear your masks when you can or cannot take them off. Um, every seven to 10 minutes in every single park, there is a, all of a sudden the music stops and an announcement comes on reminding you to wear your masks. Um, we all know this. I think anybody listening would know this before you go, but just in case you did it, you cannot miss it once you arrive. Um, and I want to say by day two, maybe day three that I was there, all of a sudden the signs started to get a lot stricter um, about we are going to remove you if we don't see you wearing a mask. You have to wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, we're taking you out of the park. Um, and then just this morning before we started recording, I saw um, online that they are now saying, if you don't want to wear a mask, reschedule your trip. Please we don't, don't want you there. Yep. They said they, that, they said that, you know, when it fir they first opened up, basically, they said, if you don't feel like you can wear one for medical reasons or don't want to wear one, kindly come another time. Yep. Now, let me say, there it's not fun to wear a mask of course none of us want to wear a mask i would love to be able to go to the grocery store like normal like a normal human and see somebody smiling back at me and talk to the person standing in line next to me that's not where we are in society right now so we have to wear our masks to keep each other safe so I get it. We don't want to do it. It is hot and humid currently in Orlando. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, it'll start to cool off because it's November and it does tend to get a little less humid at that point in time. Um, but you, you have to do it. Um, there are in every park about two to three relaxation stations, they're calling them, um, where you can sit down you know, have a rest, take your mask off. You don't have to be eating, but if you wanted to bring food or drinks in with you, you could. Um, so it's a nice place to just kind of sit down in the open air. It's not going to get you into air conditioning, but it's outside and you can take your mask off and breathe for a little bit if you really need to. Other times you can take your masks off are, you know, any time that you are stationary, whether standing or sitting and eating. So counter service restaurants, table service, food and wine festival. You know, if you pull off to the side at one of those little tables or on a bench and you're actively eating and drinking, then you may take your mask off. If you're just sitting there to rest, mask is on. Yeah. Uh, so I want to just talk about a little bit because I think when people are making the decision, like, should I go right now? Should I not go right now? One thing that would be helpful is getting an idea of sort of like what percentage of people did you feel like were compliant versus those who were not a hundred percent compliant? I think for the most part, people were compliant. You know, they know that this is the rule and this is what they're going to follow. However, I did see a very large percentage. I would say at least 25%, maybe a little bit more of people not following the rules. Um, specifically, someone comes to mind in line for um, flight of passage, just the entire time had the mask off of his face, completely off his face. One family, um, uh, right off the bat on the Magical Express, like we hadn't even left the airport yet. They just sat down and took their, the entire family of four took their masks off. Um, you know, and so when cast members see them, they were enforcing them. I saw, I was on a ride on the safari and the safari has plastic sheets up in between each row. Um, but they say you still have to wear your masks when you sit down and somebody had to be asked three times before the cast member would even move the safari vehicle. So there is, I think Disney is doing everything that they possibly can. All of the safety procedures, the lines, the hand washing, the hand sanitizing, everything they're doing is fantastic. I saw cast members cleaning every surface all the time. Um, however, we are humans and sometimes humans don't like to follow rules. And so it just 
comes down to di are people going to follow Disney's rules or are they not? And of course, just like always, there are people that are not going to follow the rules. And so Disney is trying to crack down on them, but they can't be everywhere at all times. Um, so there were definitely many times that I felt uncomfortable being around other people, either getting too close to me or they didn't have their mask on. Um, and towards the end of the the week, I honestly just became shameless. And I'm like, it doesn't work if it's around your chin. I just like started saying, like, like, okay, well, I'm going to shame you if you, if Disney can't be there to say something because you're now you're putting me at danger. Just, I don't care that you don't want to, then don't be here. Right. Um, you know, I would say the only time that I truly took my mask off was on the walk from Hollywood Studios back to the club. You know, that long walk past the boardwalk. We walked, it took us 25 minutes and we did not see another soul in sight. Like I'm not even talking like a person in the distance as big as my thumbnail. Like there was nobody there. And so I took my mask off and I had a 20 minute walk without my mask because there was literally not another soul even on the horizon. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case always. And so... I can't tell you whether or not you should go or should not go, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah. You know, this this mask thing kind of reminds me of the people that we've seen smoking in the parks mm -hmm. when Absolutely. we have, you know, that's against the rules and, it, you, you know, they have designated spots outside the parks. But Sarah and I talked about the last time we were there, how many people we saw smoking. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard for them to enforce it. And I get that. Especially with the e-cigarettes because they mm -hmm. can just yeah. pull those right out of their pocket in one puff and put it back. And yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm, it, it it's ringing a bell like that to me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they're, and sometimes it's just it's not even entitlement it's I'm uncomfortable well you know what I'm uncomfortable too but these are the rules and you chose to come you agreed to follow these rules so yeah. um beyond that I did want to say I tried the two different kinds of masks I tried the disposable kinds and the cloth or the cotton kind, you know, the cloth kind, like the cute little designs and all that. And I personally found that I liked the cloth kinds better than the disposable. I, it was very hard for me to breathe and talk um, in those disposable ones, which is funny because I wear the disposable ones at home and they don't bother me. But I guess it was just being constantly in the heat and the, the humidity. Heat. Yeah. Um, that And some days were less humid than others. When it was humid, it was very, very uncomfortable to be in a mask. It just was. Um, but hopefully that's dying down a little bit soon. Okay. All right. So let's talk about some of the experiences that you would normally get you know, when you're touring the parks that aren't available or are different right now? Like, how about characters? Yeah, I think this is one that I've seen most people worry about, even, like, on our Facebook group. What, mm -hmm. oh, if there's no characters, I'm not going to go. If there's no fireworks, I'm not going to go. If there's no parades, it's not the same experience. I am here to tell you I had a fantastic trip. I had a great time, and I'm so happy I went. It is very different, but it's different. It's not worse. It's not better. And I, I would go back tomorrow if I could. If I could afford time off of work, I would absolutely be back tomorrow. To me, I of those experiences. However, I'm not also that person that sits and waits an hour for a parade to start. If it's really important to you, you may want to wait until those things start to come back. Um, but for characters, I saw 300% more characters on this vacation than I have in the last 10 trips combined. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Now, I also don't have a small child. I'm not waiting in a line for characters. Like, I much more prefer it like Disneyland where the characters walk around and if you want to go get a picture, you kind of run up and you go get a picture. So I, I cannot, I mean, the amount of characters that I saw on this trip. Winnie the, Pooh, Winnie the Pooh catching butterflies, Joy from inside out playing baseball with herself. Um, uh, like just everybody just turned up everywhere. The country bears, they had these um, little mini cavalcades. I'm sure you've all seen them, you know, on social media and whatever. Every five minutes, I mean, they were doing ones at the Magic Kingdom, like seven from the Boo to You Parade. People, you weren't having to pay $150 a person to go to the, the <laughs> Halloween party. You were getting Boo to You for free every 
five minutes without fail. I timed it. Um, Jack and Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas, Nikki and the Fab Five in their Halloween costumes. Um, I got all of the villains. I mean, Bowler Hat Guy was out, guys. Come on. I mean, most people don't even know <laughs> right. who that is. Um, let's see. At Animal Kingdom, they put the characters in boats, and we happened to be sitting at the Nomad Lounge, and every seven minutes, you would just hear music start, and I would jump up out of my seat and lean over the railing and get my little video. We had Chippendale dressed like uh, dinosaurs. Launchpad McQuack was out. I, it Unbelievable, the amount of characters that are out and about. So if that is concerning to you, that you're not going to see characters, you are sadly mistaken. I mean, princesses were coming out with horse-drawn carriages. Princess Elsa's walking around the the World Showcase Lagoon, like her own mini parade on top of the train station at Magic Kingdom. There's a billion and one characters standing up there waving to you throughout the day. So no, you cannot walk up to them and hold their hand and hug them, but you will see more characters than you could have ever hoped to see if this was a normal time. Yeah, that's great. How, how about park hours? Like, I know the parks have been closing pretty early. Now, yeah. you like me are not a night person, like you're not going to, typically going to be at the park until 11 or midnight anyway, but how did you find that? Um, that was actually a little frustrating for me. And as was the no park hopper, because I'm that person who like, I wake up early and I go to bed early, but I like to be at Epcot, you know, like I'm just going to walk over there and grab dinner or something in the evenings. So ha having no park hopper was really hard for me, but the park mm -hmm. hours were also hard because they, now they, during my trip, like just before my trip, they did start um, lengthening the hours on weekends only. Uh, they're not super long, but they are more like, for example, Epcot was open until nine on Friday, Saturday versus till seven during the rest of the week. Um, but during the week, Epcot's 11 to 7, 11 a.m. to 7. That is not a lot of time for the amount of time you're standing in line. Um, so... Uh, it, I feel like short trips are not really an option at this point. If you're going to do a short vacation, like three or four nights, you're just not going to see a lot at Walt Disney World right now because the park hours are so short and because the lines are so long. Um, I I was there for eight nights and that really kind of was like, oh, okay, well, I can't get on test track today. I'll just do it tomorrow. No big deal. And then made sure test track was my priority and I was in the park early to get in line for test track. So the shorter hours are pretty bothersome, um, but I understand why they're doing it. They're also short staffed now. Um, oh, I just had a whole train of thought and now I can't remember. Oh, park hours. The park opens at 10 a.m., be there at 9 a.m. Doesn't matter the park, be there at 9 a.m. because they are opening the gates and they are starting the rides early. I got to Hollywood Studios at 9.15 because I was afraid of how long the wait was going to be for Runaway Railway. Um, I There was no line outside in the Esplanade, walked through all of the security, went into the park and got right into line for Runaway Railway. I think it took just under an hour. Like I was inside and almost on the train when 10 a.m., boarding passes went up for for auction so do yourself a favor and arrive to the park anywhere an hour to 45 minutes before it opens it's going to really give you a leg up on getting into the parks and getting into line for a ride that's a great tip that's good mm -hmm. to know because then just shortly after park opening you have you know maybe 15 minutes after the park is officially open you're off your first ride and can go get into line for another attraction so that's yeah. really good um but you know i would say plan less for these trips plan less don't plan to do as much as you always do or as much as you were thinking you were going to do cut it in half one maybe two must do's in every okay. park um and then also oh fireworks really quickly mm -hmm. um I liked it better every single night in every single hotel from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. They are broadcasting happily ever after onto your TV. Um, most of the hotels have big screen TVs. And I got to watch happily ever after in my pajamas on my couch with one other person and not 10,000 <laughs> other people. So I, to, to me, it's better. That is when, the best way to watch fireworks is in your PJs from your room. <laughs> it is not the same experience, but I think it's a better one. I don't know. <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about food. How, you know, how, how is the dining working? How is counter service working? You know, did you get to do any table service restaurants? Like, tell us all of that stuff. Yes, well, food is fantastic, like always. Um, some places have limited menus, but not many. And a lot of restaurants, table service restaurants aren't open. So things to keep in mind, and that changes all the time. So check on the Disney website and my Disney experience. I'm not going to list what was or wasn't open because it'll be different by your trip. Um, for table, I had several reservations booked ahead of time um, that I got to experience. It was fantastic. My favorite was California Grill. It always is. It was incredible. <laughs> I, gosh, the food there is delightful. Um, but they're all, you know, you can only be let in at your time. Wait over here. Like there's not a big queue or waiting area to get into the restaurant when it's your reservation time. They're encouraging you to do online check-in because they will send push notifications to your My Disney Experience app about 15, 20 minutes before. And when you get close to the restaurant, they ask you to just, here, I'm here. There's two people. We have allergies. We don't. Click. And then they'll send you a text message once your table is ready. So basically, instead of waiting in line to check in, you just walk into the restaurant which is nice um and then tables are either super spaced out or they're using every other table or every third table so you're not on top of each other counter service is different in every single i found out the very hard way of almost dying and having <laughs> to go to the hospital um most of them you, it's the same. You can kind of just get in line and go order and, you know, the tables are spaced out and whatnot. My problem came with Hollywood Studios where they didn't bother to tell you anywhere, but ahead of time, like you didn't know ahead of time, only every single counter service was only mobile order only. Like there was no option to just walk up, which is great because my my mind Disney experience chose not to work that particular day. And I sat there and tried to push through five different restaurants five different times even on Justin's phone and it just wouldn't place an order so I couldn't eat um, and by the time I realized that the first one didn't go through it was 40 minutes later when we were supposed to go pick up our food but they had never gotten our order because my phone didn't send it to them so then we sit down and now I'm precariously close to a sugar crash and trying to find any restaurant with a now pickup time we run over to the sunset market and find burgers fries chicken fingers, I don't care, whatever. And it still wouldn't go through. And then the cast member starts arguing with me, like, let me tell you how to do it. Go off the Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. And he stands next to me. I'm like, it's still not working. At this point, Justin is now literally throwing me chunks of Clementine so that I am not going to pass out and die on the sidewalk of Hollywood Studios. <laughs> this poor man starts panicking and is like, I'll just come with me, come with me, and takes me up to the and puts the, the, or the reservation, the order through. And I'm like, why? Does it have to be like this? That you're not telling anybody ahead of time. It's very frustrating. Now, obviously, not everybody's phone wasn't working, but there was quite a few people in line behind me that was, weren't able to push it through either. Um, and then so we finally get our food. We sit down. I have now recovered, and I am a, a normal human being again. Um, my one complaint would be at Sunset Ranch now, um, ABC commissary where I was trying to eat and try out their new menu, they weren't letting anybody into the restaurant until their food was ready to be picked up, which is how they were controlling crowds and table turnover and all of that. Sunset Ranch, they can't do that because there's millions of entries for millions of different ways and two stands that were open. Um, people were just kind of like pushing in, sitting anywhere they wanted to, that type of thing. We're like, oh, are you which is fine, except we're in the time of a pandemic. So there was nobody coming around spraying down tables and cleaning them, which was very concerning to me, especially since now here I am very ill in the middle of the park. Um, and I only saw one cast member as I was done eating 40 minutes later, come in and start to clean down tables. So I would avoid the Sunset Ranch area right now, if you could. And make sure your phone works with the mobile order at Hollywood Studios because that was ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. That's all good to know. Um, now, how about at the hotels? Because I know, like you said, um, Cape May Cafe is closed, but Beaches and Cream is open. Like, you know, how about like in the surrounding areas? Like at each restaurant or at each resort, is there at least... There's a... Open? 
in? Or? Yeah, so uh, Yacht and Beach Clubs, both the Ale and Compass Market and the Beach Club Marketplace were open, which are, you know, the combination gift shop slash, slash counter service. So you can either mobile order or just walk in and order there. Those are open. Um, and then there was one sit down at each Beaches and Cream or Ale and Compass, which... You know, same as always, you have to make your dining reservation for them. They were really nice and they let me add two people to my dining reservation when it was only for two. They had the room, so that was good. One thing I did notice that Ale and Compass, they said that their policy was your entire party has to be present to be seated. Um, and one party sitting next to us was sat without one of their party members and they wouldn't let her in to come eat because they said we have to keep our guests safe. You all need to be escorted to and from your table. And they wouldn't let them in, so that party got up and left. So make sure everybody's with you when you go to eat. Okay, yeah, don't sit without them. <laughs> All right, so we've saved this topic for last because I know this is the one where you had the most Yes. Trouble. Yes. I am going to get a little bit negative here, guys. And so if you don't like the negativity, I'm warning you ahead of time, go ahead and turn the podcast off. Um, but... <laughs> I, I will fast say, forward a little. Right, just fast forward, but I'm going to say overall I had a really fantastic trip and I would go back in a heartbeat. However, the one area where I really had a lot of issues with was transportation. And that starts from the Magical Express taking forever and, and all of that to the buses, the boats, the monorails, the Skyliner. It was awful. It was flat out awful, um, so much so that I actually had to go to the front desk and make a complaint at one point. Um, I will say, okay, so I was staying at the beach club. Friendship boats to and from the parks are not running. You could either walk, or if you didn't want to walk to Hollywood Studios, you could walk to Epcot and take the Skyliner. Um, just, they're not allowed. Buses, 20 people capacity, which is great except the parks are crowded. We just talked about that. So you wound up waiting a really, really, really long time, especially if you were somewhere where the buses share, hotels share a bus, so yacht and beach club. If it was super busy at the yacht club, it would be three, five, six buses before they could get one to come to the beach club because don't forget, they're operating with less cast members. Um, so I just allow yourself at least an hour and a half to get anywhere you want to go. The Skyliner, especially in the mornings, has a ridiculously long line. If you're going the middle of the day, you're gonna be fine, you're not even gonna notice it. But in the mornings and when a park closes, that line gets to be at least an hour long because there's so many people and they're putting one party per cabin, which is great for health, not great for time management. Um, it's just, it was so awful. I waited so long. The only thing I never waited for was a Magic Kingdom bus, which somehow miraculously appeared every six minutes on the dot, even 20 minutes before the park was closing. They were still sending buses every six minutes. So I, I, I cannot stress enough the amount of extra time you need to leave yourself to get anywhere, especially if you are staying at a hotel that is not within walking distance to a park. Gone are the times where you can expect to just get there. And then if you want an Uber, that's great too. It takes a really long time to get an Uber because a lot of them don't want to go through the hassle of going to through the security that Disney has in place because they're not just letting anybody into the hotels to pick up. My parents had to go through such a rigmarole just to be able to come and pick me up in their car. So time, time, time. And I know that for like resorts that have a Skyliner, like Caribbean Beach or Riviera, if the Skyliner is operational, there are no buses to those destinations. So yes. your only option to get to Hollywood Studios or Epcot from Caribbean Beach is the Skyliner or hours long, especially yeah. Caribbean Beach, as you are a hub. So you have two other resorts and two theme parks funneling into that particular stop. You Wake up, plan to leave two hours before park opening if you want to be there when the park opens. Yeah. All right. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I feel like I talked a lot. Did I leave out anything that you guys have to speak about? <laughs> I don't 
don't think so. But I think I think the important takeaway is that you had a great time. You had a great vacation. You do it again. Um, but I think, you know, I think this is really important information for people who are on the fence. Maybe they have a trip planned and they're not sure if they're still going to take it. Or maybe they were debating, um, particularly if it's your first visit or your first visit in a long time. It's just all good information because some of these things are going to matter to some people and, and not others. And, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we can't make that decision for you. You can. All I can do is give you my experience. And I will say I had a fantastic time. I missed Disney. It had been almost a year since I've been there. Haven't been to Disneyland since March, you know, so I missed being at the parks and it felt so good to be home. Um, it was a different experience, but that did not detract from me just being there and enjoying it. So I think if it's important to you to see all the things and do all the things, maybe you don't want to go right now but if you're just happy to be back i wouldn't hesitate to recommend it yeah so coming up next on our patreon rant if you are a patreon i'm called i'm just spoiler alert patreon it's a patreon rant, rant. yeah um <laughs> heather is going to tell us her specific experiences with the transportation that was less than ideal <laughs> I'm calling it my tale of woe and you yes. will all laugh at it because it didn't happen to you but it was particularly distressful to me <laughs> yes yeah. heather's transportation tale of woe <laughs> um so if you're not a patreon supporter but you want to know what the story is you can go to www.patreon.com slash disney park princess join us at five ten or fifteen dollars a month uh, we're also going to be doing the giveaway for our Patreon supporters on that extra as well. And of course, we do extra content every single week on our podcast for our listeners, as well as we have a private Facebook group and all kinds of different perks. You get a discount on merchandise. Also, don't forget, uh, for the month of October, we are giving away 50% of the proceeds of our merchandise um, to a charity in Orlando that helps support cast members uh, and their pets. So um, you can find that link in a bunch of different places as well. Uh, thank you so much. This has been episode one of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Charlotte. I forgot I went <laughs> Caught first. Caught us off sorry. guard there. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.